0: Mistakes are gonna happen all the time. You're gonna fail at a lot of things, but like taking the time to package those, address them, acknowledge them, and then not do them again is really important.
1: Hey, everybody, Emily Avati here, amped today to come back into your feed. I know you have missed the show while well, we've been on a little hiatus. We are here with season 10. When did this happen? It feels like this just began yesterday, but that we've also been doing this a long time. If you are new to the feed, I'm so happy to have you. You are officially a hurdler. That is what it's called if you listen to the show. And so, We welcome you with open arms and I feel as though now is just as of important of a time as ever to give you a little insight as to what we do here, here on Hurdle wellness-focused podcast. I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life. And my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. Again, season 10, this blows my mind. It feels like just yesterday I started recording the show on a Blue Yeti small snowball microphone in my fourth floor walk-up apartment <laughs> on the upper east side and now i mean i am sitting in hurdles studio i feel so grateful for all of you and also for all of the outrageously impactful conversations that i've had the opportunity to have this show has changed me and i know through so many of my interactions with this community that it has certainly impacted you and i am looking forward to doing a lot more of that in season 10. so to kick us off, to get us started. We've got Ty Haney. I've been wanting to chat with Ty forever. So I was amped when we were able to connect and get this convo on the books. You may recognize Ty's name because she is the founder of Outdoor Voices. She has since moved on from OV and we talk about that entire journey from founding to sending in her letter of resignation. Uh, We talk about all that today and then we get into the now and the now, is both a line of plant-based energetics called Joggy, as well as a new platform called Try Your Best, which enables brands to collect input from customers in exchange for rewards such as digital collectibles like NFTs and brand coins that can be used for bragging rights or toward purchases. I know these buzzwords like NFTs, coins, et cetera, web three which we get into today all of this are terms that we're hearing floating around a lot lately so if you have been a little fuzzy if you are like what is going on in our world should i care about nfts ty gets into all of that today in a breakdown that is so so, so helpful. Again, I love the opportunity to have this conversation. Ty has been through so much on her journey as an entrepreneur, starting at such a young age, literally pitching investors while she still had her college email address. So there's a lot to learn from this super strong woman, also a mother of two. She, without a doubt, inspired me in this chat. And I know that she's going to do the same for you. Whether you're a new hurdler, an old hurdler, it would mean the world to me at the kickoff of season 10. We've been on a little bit of a break. If you could engage with the show on the socials or head on in over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Your review, your interactions, your promotion of what's going on here on the feed. It means a lot to me and it helps the show get recognized, get more listens, get more downloads. It makes me excited, it makes the sponsors excited all of that goodness. So you're an integral part of what I'm doing over here and I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you. So for that, thank you. Thank you. Make sure you're also following along with the show over on the socials. You can find us over at Hurdle Podcast. And if you aren't involved yet, get in on the Super Secret Hurdlers Facebook group. Also got to promote beginning of a new season. I want to talk to you in the form of listener questions. If you have a question for me, I want to answer it on the show's Five Minute Friday segment. The link to leave me a voice message and have your voice featured on a show. Exciting, I know, you know. Head on into the show notes, click leave me a voice message and I will answer your questions on an upcoming episode. I'm over at Emily Abadi on the social as well. And last but not least, weekly Hurdle newsletter. More of what you love here on Hurdle in your inbox every single Friday. Some stories, some gear picks, recommendations for movies, podcasts, music I'm listening to, all this goodness, again, directly in your inbox. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Ty Haney. You may recognize her name as the founder of Outdoor Voices. She has a new venture that I'm so excited to dive into called Joggy and also the Web3 platform, Try Your Best. How are you doing today, Ty? I'm great.
0: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
1: I'm excited for you to be here too. I feel like this has been a long time coming. And fun fact that I'm going to start us off with here is that you are or were I'll say past tense, actually Uh hurdler.
0: I was, yes, totally. I learned to hurdle um, over a broomstick, actually, in Boulder, Colorado. My aunt taught me. Um, So both my mom and aunt were hurdlers, so I had to hurdle. And I loved it. It was awesome.
1: I don't know if I would have the necessary flexibility or mobility to properly hurdle.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's such a crazy, yeah, motion, but... I mean, I'm not that flexible either, but I'm fast. So somehow I put it together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, obviously active from a young age. If your aunt is the person that's holding a broomstick for you to hop over in the backyard, talk to us about growing up in Boulder and how activity was really critical to your childhood.
0: Yeah, we grew up. um, It's called the hill. It's like right by CU, the university in Boulder. Um, kind of at the base of the mountains there called the Flatirons. And so uh, Boulder is a very active town. It's like, you know, the Mecca for triathletes, um, because there's lots of mountains to climb, rivers to paddle, etc. And so from an early age, I think I moved there when I was four with my family. Every day we would be on the mountain um, and not joking, my family, we would hike together before school. Um, up and around. It was called Chautauqua Park. um, And we had this little loop. So you'd go up and back and then off to school. Um, And my aunt, I mentioned my aunt and my mom, they're twins. They are super sporty. And so I think very much kind of informed that way of life for me from the get-go.
1: It's so funny that in your upbringing, hiking before school, you didn't know any differently. And for so many that hear that, they are like, wow, I cannot imagine that level of family time or movement while trying to like go through the hectic nature of like the preschool, like all the things before starting your day properly.
0: Totally. It's funny. Also, like I'm just thinking about activity was literally baked into any anything that we did. So and we would go to dinner and then like walk home (laughs) I'm not joking um and like we'd bike to school um and so again this is like very much just what we grew up knowing but ultimately like what I found is from a like maximizing personal happiness or you know just happiness I'd say like I've I've had to find a way to move my body every day so I don't know if it's because I grew up that way or just like am built that way but but it's something that has informed my lifestyle go forward
1: the follow-up question to that really is what happens if a day goes by that your access or ability to move as you'd hoped isn't the same. Like how do you operate on those days?
0: I'm curious to hear your experience with this, but like movement for me is all about mindset and so like I'm not the same Taiyani if I don't find a way to move and in particular I like to move in the morning now with two kids and and two startups it's a little bit Dicey. I'm trying to figure out how to how to manage it all. Um, but but mentally, I find that one, I'd say I'm not as like focused and clear. And then like two, from a creativity standpoint, I definitely exercise uh, to like very much unleash kind of that personal creativity and and like personal optimism. I'd say
1: two kids and two startups, aka four kids.
0: <laughs> so nuts. Lots of babies over here.
1: <laughs> Lots of babies over there. Yeah, I I totally sympathize with that. I'm also a morning movement person. I'm sure there are individuals listening that feel the same way, but also have been through these hurdles where maybe due to injury, they aren't able to move as they would hope. So for those people, when they have to shift their go-to way of movement I know it can be a really big challenge for you, whether it's because of the quote unquote four kids or something else you have going on in your world. Have you had to sometimes like shift what you're used to doing to make sure that you get in something, period?
0: Totally. And I I call it changing your chemistry. Like whether it's my my kind of like preferred exercise method is some sort of like aerobic, super sweaty, like jog or run. Um, That said, like, I also live live in Tucson, Arizona. We moved here during COVID um, and it's a beautiful place. I'd say nine months out of the year, but it's freaking hot right now. And so that also like makes it difficult to go like jog. There's, you know, there's a wash right by my house and it's sandy and and most of the time it's a perfect running path, but like now it's like snake season, it's really hot. And so changing my chemistry now is like about jumping into a very cold pool and like, it's a totally different kind of form of exercise. Run like uh, swimming a few laps, and it doesn't necessarily conjure up the same kind of feeling that I love from a jog. But like making yourself uncomfortable and kind of like getting out of out of kind of the day to day through some sort of activity or jumping in water is what I'm what I've found is like the recipe now.
1: The recipe, yeah, I have never heard the term wash before.
0: I hadn't either. <laughs> I moved to Tucson sight unseen. My husband's from this area. And I got to tell you, my social life has gone way down and it and my uh, productivity running startups, it's a beautiful place to be.
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> when someone that's not familiar with New York hears the word bodega and they're like, what's that?
0: Totally. totally. Yeah. Wash <laughs> is like a sandy little um, pathway or ravine where all it's like a Thorough, thoroughfare for wildlife. so like coyotes, evelinos and then and then it's where in the summer when the monsoons the rain season happens like the wash the river or the water washes through the wash.
1: All right. Well, now we've informed the hurdlers. They're in the loop on all things wash and we can appropriately move forward. So Uh I mentioned the word New York. You yourself had a love affair with New York. Talk to us about what your time was like in the city going to school here.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, I moved east to the East Coast from Boulder uh, right after high school. So I did a short stint in Boston. I finally had or uh, visited Boston in the summer and it was like, the most magical spot. And then I moved there in the winter and I was like, hell no, it's too, the Nor'easter is like a real thing, especially in Boston. So I quickly packed up my bags and moved to New York and then um, applied to Parsons. I've always, I've always been into like the design side of things, the look and feel colors, etc., as well as kind of the entrepreneurial business side of things. And so I ended up going to Parsons for a program called Design and Management, which was essentially the merger of both of those. And it was a great experience. I loved being in the city for school. Uh, The energy, like, very much was something I I miss it today. Like, I I love kind of operating in this, like, high, highly energetic kind of space where people are doing all sorts of things. Um, Looking back at Parsons, like, the number one thing I, I got out of it was the ability to, in that first year learn all of the kind of Adobe suites. And ultimately, that meant being able to visualize kind of what was in my head um, from, let's say, a business perspective or whatever, you know, and then go get people on board from to put money into it. So looking back, that that was a really great experience.
1: It's interesting. You talking about this, it seems as though innately like in your core, you have always been an entrepreneur. And you mentioned movement being ingrained in you from a young age. But did you have any of this inspiration, any of this entrepreneurial bug around you from a young age as well?
0: Yeah, my my family are entrepreneurs. Um, they were in the apparel business, which I swore to myself I'd never enter. And then I wound up there. I don't know if it's like a DNA type thing or you learn it. I think there's probably some of both in terms of being an entrepreneur. But I certainly wake up every day like very much wanting to build and and have been lucky to like be able to distill a vision and then figure out how to go execute upon that vision to bring it to life. So builder mentality or just builder in general is is just the way that I'm wired.
1: And building you did, you founded OV in 2014 extremely young arguably mm-hmm people hear something like that and their biggest question, and it's not something that's just a one sentence answer, is truly how. So if you had to wrap it up with a little bow and say or credit maybe like how you did this, like where does one even begin?
0: I, I often just, I think about this, but I would say like it's leaning into kind of your unique upbringing and story. And so like just the walk up already kind of points to how how this unlock for OV or this vision for OV happened. Like the the kind of like design school in New York, the energy of building things, and then paired with this way of life, this daily activity. Um, I had also I had also been really into sports throughout high school and competitive, and I loved brands like Nike, etc., where like you're wearing you're wearing an outfit that makes you feel like you're going to cross the finish line first. And that was the goal then. I then moved to New York, noticed that at art school, I was like much less active. Like there weren't, you know, the Flatirons Mountains weren't right there to go climb. And so I had to like make an extra effort to like find a way to be active. And so throughout kind of those four years at school, I started to realize there was an opportunity in the space to like not focus on the traditional athlete, but rather flip the script and focus on those that may not see themselves as an athlete, but like could benefit from being, you know, from movement on a daily basis. And so that's really kind of where the idea for OV was born is like, let's create a brand that frees fitness from performance and like inspires people to move kind of in whatever capacity makes them feel good, uh, but do we, doing it frequently, doing it daily, and, and ultimately like how do we create happier, healthier lives through that. So it, it wasn't premeditated at all, but it definitely was informed by kind of the way I grew up and, and kind of my first 20 years uh, of life.
1: And, you know, for me, being a podcaster, people ask me often, like, where did you find your inspiration when you started podcasting? And I started to just ask people For meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone who was podcasting that I had access to or was local to New York and would give me a slice of their time, I would then go sit down with them. So, for you, having this idea for OV, did you do kind of the same thing?
0: Yeah, I hadn't studied fashion and so had a lot to learn. It's obviously not rocket science, but like the apparel world and patterns and grading and sizing and materials, like, uh, was foreign to me in many ways. Um, And so started there, went to Midtown, uh, essentially knocked on the doors of all the of the manufacturer's factories and learned as much as I could. And then um, was focused on finding the right material, which required going to, I think it was Utah at the time, some trade show, Um, finding the right material, learning how to make garments um, based on kind of like initial designs I had in my head. And then creating those samples putting a deck together. I think it was probably a five page deck about the vision for Outdoor Voices, combining the two and then and then like you essentially like using my student email to like set meetings with investors, which was a very good trick.
1: <laughs> you get like a at Parsons edu email and you're like, hmm, this is interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. For it, it worked for a while and then I think it expired. But it got me into a lot of doors.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, right? Because I'm sure for any entrepreneur, yourself included, there was a lot of no from the get go. So mm-hmm. how from that young age did you build the calluses, so to speak, to keep going after what you wanted when you were hearing a fair share of no?
0: So I started OV, I think I was either 23 or 24. Um, And so it was really about getting reps in, in terms of meetings. So getting in the door, getting feedback or presenting away, getting feedback, refining, kind of pivoting, et cetera. And so early on, I was like using those meetings really just to refine kind of the pitch and and kind of my approach. But yes, by no means, like I I walked into whatever the first 15 and it wasn't an obvious, yes, I'm going to put dollars into this. But by like, 20 to 25 conversations in, it started to be like, maybe, and then yes. So reps to me is like reps in a gym, you know, practice, it takes that. And I think you have to be willing to like put that energy in and that time in to to learn, especially when you don't have the experience.
1: I love that idea of reps and your perspective on those reps being that even if the rep didn't have the quote unquote desired outcome you had the opportunity to get something really useful and helpful out of that. That's a hard perspective to adopt, but for someone like yourself who had this like entrepreneurial, you know, mentality, it's not surprising mm-hmm. in the least. So, you go on and you start OV and it becomes bigger than maybe you imagined, question mark?
0: Uh, I don't, I think I um, envisioned Ovi as the next Nike uh, and like sitting next to Nike as a friend, because it's a totally different way of activating people. I always thought of it as like, you know, the next, the next great activewear brand. And we were super fortunate to like strike a chord with our positioning and this idea of moving your body for fun with friends. And we called it doing things. And I think um, if I look back, like our number one strength was our community. And, and really what that meant was we activated kind of on a local level through paddleboarding events, joggers clubs, dog walking events, exercise dress events, et cetera. And it, it made OV more than an apparel brand. It essentially dressed you in, in kind of great product, but then more importantly, activated it with people that, you know, were fun to move with. And that really that activation is what made the brand so sticky and like ultimately, What helped us build this like crazy, enthusiastic, engaged fan base around this idea of doing things?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I went to an exercise dress like dance meetup in Lincoln Center, I think. Oh,
0: yeah, I was there. I think I was pregnant at the time.
1: It was fun, right? Things I don't do often like dance in public or dance. And obviously, I think that was the first time I ever put on the exercise dress. And I was like, this is such a hilarious combination of things for me.
0: Totally, a hundred percent. Well, I'm happy you were there. That was a lot of fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. To your point, like that building of community, I think it's OV was one of, you know, the first brands to really, really dive in like wholeheartedly on that. And it's interesting because it's such a beautiful picture or beautiful execution of what your foundations and your visions are for life. the get-go it was like this is bigger than product this is more about us establishing something that can have some real legs and get people involved in activity on that like really innate beautiful like important level
0: yeah i i was most interested well maybe equally interested in in those that like weren't already active and like i Mm -hmm. i feel like we were quite proud of our ability to like lower the barrier to entry to being active and so like making activity accessible and and fun and joyful ultimately brought a lot of people who weren't like finding a way to be active on a routine basis into the fold and then like that unlock those endorphins etc like really had the ability to like change their perspective on life and their happiness in life so that's just kind of one random thought (laughs) to throw in there the idea of that random thought there are or can be
1: so many barriers to entry when it comes to incorporating regular movement practice into your routine. So the fact that that was, you know, the mission at its core for you, were you thinking about what those barriers were and how you could perhaps assist in your consumer overcoming them?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, number one is like, uh we really focused on on activities that like didn't cost anything or like maybe had a small fee but like uh for example we would host activities in in parks or like um around you know like in public places versus gyms and and i think like just in thinking about democratizing kind of access to this type of activity like dollar you know the dollar sign is is something to consider so from the the types of activities that that we um, programmed and like where we were very conscientious of like making it a place that all all types of people etc could show up to and participate
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's no secret that I've heard you talk about it on a bazillion podcasts. There were so many articles from when you got pushed out of O.V. back in 2020. What I am most interested about on that note really is the mental side of things for you, having all of these people and journalists and individuals having an opinion and writing about things that were, you know, rooted in facts, but also just skewed. How did you handle that?
0: uh it was a difficult time and um let's see i there were so many kind of different things going on that ultimately came to a head but like internally the board situation was something that was quite difficult we had um a very experienced board but with very kind of different views on how to grow the company um which made it you know difficult at the board level to like align on on kind of like what the go forward plan was. So that was something that that I was navigating and then also uh this came at a time where there were a lot of articles coming out that like focused on issue or like made public issues at the companies that like hadn't been public before and and it was interesting I just look back and and I think what's crazy is one like journalists, kind of this trend of going to kind of ex-employees is is difficult um, and and mm. doesn't feel fair. I understand it. But like going to five ex-employees and kind of getting the report from them versus like the hundreds of people that are at a company is, is like, you know, tough. Um, and I, I, I kind of like parallel that to like a, an ex-boyfriend. Like, are they going to have glowing reviews? Maybe not. Anyway, I think the other thing about kind of that phase is that like, journalists started to like sensationalize issues at a business, but like every company has issues. The fact that like this became clickbait and like tethered to kind of people with public personas was also just difficult. Um, But ultimately like I learned so much from that experience and, and like, I think a few things like being the CEO means you're fully accountable to the whole picture. And so like, that was a great kind of lesson for me. Like you think you know that and then ultimately like, you're the one to fall on the sword. And and that was huge for me just to to kind of like learn. I learned so many things that now apply to the new businesses and, and are, I'm very focused on like not making the same mistake twice.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think that when it comes to like being the person that's at the front, like being that CEO figure, I just can't even imagine the stress that you were experiencing while you were also like, pregnant during this time Mm -hmm. or just had your first baby?
0: Yeah. So I think I, when this started kind of like bubbling was probably seven months pregnant. Um, and, and ultimately like back to the board piece, like we just, there were too many challenges there. And, and I had kind of called one thing out to the board. We were going to make some changes and the changes didn't take place. Um, and then this article comes out and that day, I was very like angry. I was like, how could this happen? And and it's funny, well, sort of funny. I remember writing to the board. Actually, first I Googled how do you resign? Because I'd never resigned before. And so then I, I write a message to the board, dear board, I hereby tender my resignation, doing things, tie. And I mean, I never imagined like leaving my baby OV, you know what I mean? But but was like had come to a point where I was, I had just had sunny now had had this crazy article come out and and ultimately like hadn't felt protected by the board, which the board is there to kind of like you know, make sure that that the company is protected. And so anyway, all of that all of that happened. i I almost like have amnesia from the time. I think that's the right word. Like I can't recollect all the details. Um, and and probably for for good reason.
1: Oh yeah, definitely for a good reason. I have so many things in my life that were extremely traumatic that I've got no details on and it's just my brain and my body trying to protect me so that I can move forward. Totally, yeah. Oh my God. But so you you lose your mourning almost like this devastating loss while also celebrating like the birth of your legitimate child. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for you, that must have been like really big an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I... I... Pretty quickly, the board had asked me to come back. And so I think that was like a month later, um, maybe a little longer. So I signed back on. uh, And it's funny because like, again, people are like, why did you go back? And it's like, I'm the type of person that's like wired in the way that like, there's got to be a solution. And I'm like, gonna figure out the solution here. Um, And so I, I signed back on and like, tried my very best to like, you know, make it work. But ultimately... It was too much of an opportunity cost to like spend my time there versus like go look at starting something from scratch and then applying the learnings. Um, and I think another learning just to to call out is like we brought so many investors on and likely raised too much money, which ultimately like was part of me losing control. And that's really rooted in kind of a percent ownership or equity in the company, you know, stand from that. That's the standpoint. So um, that's just another thing to be conscious of. And and um, I, I went back in, and then I, I stayed there for probably seven or eight months. But then knew I had to, I had to go build something uh, else. And uh, we have a lot of today. Just fast forward, we have a lot of awesome people that that had built Outdoor Voices from scratch with me. Now, energized, building again around around kind of two new visions. taking a break from today's episode to give some love
1: to my sponsors and no unsponsors. Every single brand that you hear about on the show is a brand that I feel deeply passionate about. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I get approached by a handful of brands on the regular who want access to your ears. You have very special ears, (laughs) but they want me to back their products. And I only do that with brands I use Regularly, and that I truly believe in. The first brand that I want to talk to you about today, a longtime friend of the show, that is Inside Tracker. I am always, always seeking out the right things for my body so that I can have more energy, get better sleep, and a healthy immune system. The goal is to live longer, live better, and live. Healthier. I was so, so amped to add Inside Tracker into my routine last year. Now, what is Inside Tracker? Inside Tracker is an ultra-personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. I went through a time period last year where I was feeling a bit sluggish when it came to my marathon training, but with one super simple mobile blood draw and a DNA swab, I was Able to get insights from Inside Tracker about what was happening within my body and make some really important changes. I learned that at the time I had lower iron and ferritin levels, and that was really impacting my performance. Inside Tracker then was able to give me a customized action plan with science-backed nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle recommendations that made a major difference. Now, Inside Tracker offering hurdlers an amazing discount if you head on over to InsideTracker.com/hurdlers. You can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store today. Again, that is insidetracker.com, I N S I D E T R A C K E R.com slash curdle to receive 20% off the entire store today. You will never regret doing something good for your body. Also, want to give some love to Element. Man, this is like prime elements time for me, the temperatures are up, getting your electrolytes in is absolutely critical all year, but especially right now when my sweat rate feels like it's through the roof, really sexy. I know element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. It's got a science backed electrolyte rate of a thousand milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium and 60 milligrams magnesium. It's got none of the junk, no sugar again, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no B S. For those of you that need to know a little bit more about how electrolytes work, what their role is, electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body including the function of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption and fluid balance. So, by integrating element into your routine, it can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single-serve packets free with any Element order. This way, you can try all of the flavors and Figure out what your go-to is. Head on over to drinkelements.com slash hurdle to get yours today. This deal is only available through my link. You must head on over to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash hurdle to get yours today. We love that. We love that. So just to make sure that we don't glaze over this, did you properly really barely take a month of maternity leave?
0: Yeah, there was a maternity leave. That was not not a thing, but such a nice distraction and like place to, to kind of like apply the focus and, and energy after a really like tumultuous and chaotic, whatever, six plus months.
1: Do you, aside from the movement that you incorporate daily, do anything else for you, besides building companies,
0: <laughs> I'm most energized by like being busy all the time, and so yeah. uh, I have a lot of pets. I, you know, it requires me to take them on walks. Like since I was little, like I couldn't go on a vacation and just like lounge around or tan. Like my parents, my mom was just here, and she was reminding me that like I'd always have to be in like scuba diving uh, training or like you know reading like a massive book for the five days of vacation, and then like learning how to scuba dive. So th- I just like a lot of things going on and, and kind of to be kind of, you know, spread across a lot of things at once, which that's just the way I like it. So, so that's kind of how I have designed my life, whether it be animals, my husband's a country singer, we, we often go to those concerts. There's a lot going on. It's very, very fun.
1: Very fun. A hard pivot here toward, you just mentioned it, the, the new What's going on with you now? I would be remiss if I didn't say that a ton of women and just hurtlers in general listening to this podcast right now don't know much about Web3. So before we even like talk about Try Your Best, can you talk to them, us, about why you were interested in getting involved in Web3 and maybe just like a little intro pitch elevator situation on what it is?
0: Yeah, let me um, make it short and sweet. Okay, you don't okay. have to know what Web3 is, but but what I love about Web3 is this idea... Web3 is a new technology. Let's uh, set the table there. Uh, what I love about Web3 is this idea of community ownership. And so that means users of a product become owners of the product. And, and that um, allows projects, companies, brands, whatever kind of that product is, to grow at a more quick and efficient rate than companies building today, if that makes sense. It may, I think like having stake in, ga- in the game, for instance, like makes you wanna talk about it, help to grow, build it, et cetera. So it's all about aligned incentives and that's what the blockchain or kind of Web3 technology enables. We've created um, a Web3 enabled community commerce tool that essentially allows brands to directly link with their um, most loyal fans to help them grow and then share value with those fans for helping helping them to grow. So um, it's, re- it's really quite exciting. I got into the Web3 space over the last year and a half and was really uh, interested to see that these projects where the community were the owners of these projects or products like had the ability to grow extremely quickly. Um, and, and a few things just today, like I very much believe that crypto has the ability to unlock a better business model for brands that are structurally reliant on ad platforms. And so in my past, we would spend 30 to 40% of our total dollars raised um, on acquiring customers through Instagram or Facebook. And ultimately that didn't net more loyal customers. Um, What did was this more 360 kind of community approach where people were being introduced to the brand through the exercise dress event um, or more of like a true to the mission type of way in. And And it netted, four times more valuable customers and customers that would stick with us. So we've essentially created a community building toolkit that allows brands and fans to build together and for both sides to win.
1: So if I'm a brand fan and I want to mm-hmm. get in on what you have going on, talk me through yeah. what that would look like and what I would quote unquote purchase.
0: Yeah. So let me let me point to an example that just took place. We incubated a brand called Joggy, um, and I can go into that in a second, but the, the essentially launch call to action was to become a founding member. And to become a founding member meant you you received this little collectible called a Joggy Doggy. And it's this cute kind of animated cartoon-like dog. Anyway, when you bought this Joggy Doggy, you unlocked a suite of founding member perks. The headline being revenue-based rewards. So 500 people that bought the Joggy Doggy now own 5% of Joggy's revenue. So you can kind of think about it as an angel investment in a way, where this collectible now that lives in a wallet, and wallet I understand might be a very foreign term, but it's a Web3 kind of um, product that that we'll start to see more and more. Uh, This collectible lives in my wallet, associated with my identification, my ID, and essentially um, represents my rights. Uh, The revenue, the revenue-based rewards, as well as a number of other rewards, access to kind of community building and shaping kind of future product, A free product at the time, and then in perpetuity, percent a discount to Joggy products. So that that's one example
1: for Joggy. So if you wanted to quote unquote buy a Joggy Doggy, which is an NFT, yes, yeah, got it. Okay, so if you want to buy, if you wanted to be one of those five hundred individuals who bought a Joggy Doggy, well, say Mm -hmm. that five times fast. Uh How much would a Joggy Doggy cost?
0: Yeah, we we uh, each was two hundred and fifty. And so okay. um, it that seems like a big sticker price. Uh, but the ability, if you can kind of fast forward, that investment is likely worth it. As you think that Joggy grows three years from now, what's my return? Right. That can be quite meaningful. And then what's also cool is over time, as Joggy grows, those 500 members can sell their Joggy Doggy. So there's many ways to realize tangible upside from a dollar sign perspective by participating in this new way with a brand.
1: I think that you broke that down in a really excellent way that people can understand why someone might want to get in on the ground floor like that or acquire Mm -hmm. an NFT because of what it unlocks in the long term. Now, clearly, you just spoke about the example of Joggy, super Mm -hmm. relevant to so many people listening to this. So let's talk about Joggy. What is Joggy? Yeah,
0: Yeah, of course. Joggy is a plant-based um, energy product and energy type supplements that you take. Um, we really focus on enabling movement, but by what you ingest, and, and I, if I think about it, I really set out to make Joggy based on the idea of kind of replacing a Red Bull, kind of something that, that is better for you with plant-based ingredients, but highly energizing, um, and for the active use case. So, there are really four principles when, when we set out to create Joggy. One, it's about uh, inspiring movement. Two, it's plant-based. Three, we're working with an expert, so like um, a scientist. In in this case, it's a lab called Sante Labs. And then four, it's about personality, so bringing kind of this product and brand to life in a highly personal, joyful, optimistic, and and somewhat unexpected way, which you see kind of in the way that we've created assets, et cetera, it's very fun. It probably feels familiar in ways to Outdoor Voices. Um, But ultimately we have um, five initial products. Uh, They're all meant for taking before or after activity. The first five products do have full spectrum CBD in them. And I started experimenting with CBD and THC ahead of JOGS about four years ago and found that at the right dosage or formulation, Taking, taking CBD before a run would conjure up kind of the feeling of this slightly euphoric, joyful runner's high, if you're familiar with that. Um, and ultimately, that, that meant that I enjoyed kind of my activity more and could go further. So there are a lot of benefits to taking cannabinoids uh, pre-workout, and, and that's like very much our initial positioning.
1: Got it. And only one of the products also has, I I believe it's THCV, right?
0: Correct. Yes THC okay, let's um, talk about that so
1: that they sure. can understand what that means
0: Yeah. so so all of the products are full spectrum which means there's less than 0.03 percent of THC and THC is generally like the psychoactive um, cannabinoid but in this low dosage it's not psychoactive THCV is a more new like uh recently researched cannabinoid that's an energizing cannabinoid um, so it's only in our uh, runner's high formulation, um, as well as superchargers. actually, they haven't come out yet. But we've found that this, this new cannabinoid is highly energizing and, and can replace a coffee. Um, it also is really interesting because it doesn't have the jitteriness. Um, so we've found that it's amazing for going on runs or, or being active in, in any capacity. We need to get you some to try
1: yeah, I know I've been I've been on the road as you and I jammed about before we started yeah. this. so I'm excited to get home and, and dive into my and dive into my joggy. It isn't surprising that there's a market for this because just like with any to do, especially activity, it can yeah. be like really overwhelming. and oftentimes the anxiety that goes hand in hand with like going yeah. out to run or go to a workout class like for some that can be extremely preventative.
0: Totally that we through in our initial research, we found exactly that. So people get this. A lot of people do find that they get quite anxious going to the gym or, or a group class or even just the thought of having to go work out. And so Ready Steady is one of our SKUs, which is more kind of targeted to that. It, it essentially is a more kind of traditional use case for CBD that takes the edge off. Um, and so there's, yeah, the first kind of five products are very intentional in kind of what they do all within kind of the active use case, which is uh, we're finding that like more and more people are, are like open to this, like the CBD kind of within the active use case. One thing to note is our body already produces the cannabinoids. So we have an endocannabinoid system. And when you work out really hard, your body is creating these cannabinoids that create kind of that um, joyful effect naturally. And so this is supplementing kind of that already uh, happening system within your body.
1: Got it. So how fast from use to effect are we talking?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I used to be a CBD skeptic. Most CBDs are oil-based, um, and you'll notice with our product, when you open the tinctures, they're white. And this is really important. The, the facility that we manufacture with um, has a water-based uh, encapsulation technology that essentially makes the CBD four times more potent and fast acting so you feel it which is awesome and the way they do that this is think back to science class like oil and water don't mix so it makes sense that if you're taking your cannabinoids via oil there's going to be a drop off in terms of how much you actually absorb this water-based technology makes the makes the cannabinoids um, much more bioavailable or accessible to your body because it's water meeting water Uh, and then the lipid encapsulation piece of the tech is important as the the cannabinoids are broken into billions of pieces and then for uh, essentially packaged in something that mimics the structure of a lipid which protects them and protects the quality so the technology is really important here and and i kind of geek out about it um but joggy's hopefully a really beautiful kind of balance between art and science where like there's significant technical cred to our product, but it's brought to life in this like ease, delightful, fun way um, that ultimately makes it a really fun brand and product to engage with.
1: Yeah, your passion for this is clearly electric. And it's also important to note here that because of the way that the product is delivered, uh, water versus oil, you would need less of it than if you were leaning into an oil tincture, which means yep. that it will last you longer.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, and so you'll see that kind of in, in the milligrams, etc. But uh, we just sent an email today 100% of the reviews are reviews for Runner's Hire five, 5 Star. Like, people are really loving this. So I've been blown away by the response. It's been really fun to kind of start it up again.
1: When you got into this space and knew that this was a direction that you wanted to go in, was there just obscene amounts of research and learning and reach out so that you could feel, like, fully immersed in understanding in the space?
0: Oh, yeah. And, and Sante Labs out of Austin is the leader in kind of accredited testing. And so like all of this, I didn't know anything about this beyond kind of like personal trial and error. And and then when, when I started to feel the effects, I was like, this is something that's really interesting to like formalize, you know, formalize research and like go deep in. So we brought on, we brought on the lab. And um, I think it's interesting because a lot of kind of the performance or sports world are starting to be more open to the use of CBD. And I think that's going to turn on more and more. The NFL, for instance, it's, it's possible track and field less. So we're really focused right now on like recreational activities. um, But I do think more like true uh, pro sports and kind of like performance focused uh, uh, whatever activities, et cetera, are going to be more open to CBD soon. That said, like, most of the CBD products that are out there today are not tested by accredited facilities. And so you're not getting the same kind of amount of cannabinoids in each dose as like every time that you get it. So that's something that's very right. important to us. But yes, we've gone deep in this. It's been a fun place to play, but ultimately the, the product really works and, and enables kind of what, where we started. It should make movement easier and more fun.
1: What outside of joggy excites you right now?
0: Uh, in terms of anything?
1: Just life, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I well, two little kids. They're they're amazing. I have a two and a half year old named Sunny and, and she is precocious as hell. Uh, which is she she's like a lot to to deal with. But I love the challenge of of being a mom. It's been it's been awesome. And then I'm also we're gonna spend the, the summer in Malibu, and my husband's a great surfer. I'm not a great surfer. So I'm I'm uh, ready to dive in and and learn how to surf over the next four months.
1: That doesn't surprise me in the slightest either. You being like, I'm not a good surfer. So now is a perfect time to learn.
0: I love being a beginner at things like how many things do you get to be a beginner at? So like that, that's kind of something that yeah, I'm very excited about that.
1: Reflecting on building uh, this new chapter for yourself and and really emerging out of a difficult time, when you think about the best advice that you've been offered in this new chapter, what comes to mind?
0: I like the idea of not make don't make the same mistake twice. I think I mentioned that earlier, but I do think that's super important. Like, mistakes are going to happen all the time. You're going to fail at a lot of things, but like taking the time to package those, address them, acknowledge them, and then not do them again is really important. I th- I think that's kind of what strikes me right now. But I also, one thing that I'm hoping to do by leading by example is show that like you can have all all seemingly come crashing down, but like that doesn't need to rock you forever. Like there you can absolutely get back on the horse for lack of a better term. And, and like, I'm so excited to like show that we can build again. And that like your ability to create a vision or like set a vision and then go execute upon it is, is your own and not somebody else's to interfere with. Definitely. Someone comes to your Instagram, they see
1: this female founder with almost a hundred thousand followers, someone that builds brands, founder of Get Joggy and Outdoor Voices. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you?
0: a lot of energy. So I kind of picture myself as the energizer bunny, which is is fun, but also a lot to manage. Um, and, I, and I'm proud. I feel like I've handled a lot gracefully. And I haven't said that out loud, but I feel like um, if I look back at the last few years, that is something that I'm proud of. And I also really, like, think I'm someone that you know, has all the intent to treat people well, do do things well, and and try my best, which is funny because that's the name of the company now. So I'm an optimistic kind of person that really wants to to have a positive impact. And and that's like purely what I'm focused on.
1: Purely that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, Ty. Right now you have an opportunity to give yourself a piece of advice, looking back at the hurdle moment, which was just like the lowest of the low, the why do all these people have an opinion on what I'm doing with my life? What is going on here? You have an opportunity to offer yourself looking back on it with the knowledge you have now, a piece of advice looking back at that hurdle moment. What do you tell yourself?
0: This is this is not mine by any means, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger was very real for me at that moment. And it felt often like, oh my God, this article is going to kill me. I'm never going to show up again. Or, you know, like what's going to happen? But ultimately, like, I think those are par for the course for, you know, particularly female entrepreneurs. Like there are issues at businesses. People are going to write about it. And like, you got to keep blinders on in a sense, of course, like learn from from your mistakes. But what doesn't kill you does make you stronger.
1: I love that. Keep your blinders on and a little mm-hmm. oh, to Kelly Clarkson here and never hurt anybody. So, Ty, uh-huh. so, so grateful for your time today. Excited about everything that you have, your passion. Like I said before, it's electric. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us the deets.
0: Yeah, of course. We are bringing new people into try your best new brands on the platform. Um, I think one thing just to call out quickly, I get that there's a lot of baggage around NFTs. If you think about doing things hat something that you earned let's say from Outdoor voices for showing up to an event that very naturally becomes a digital thing that lives in your wallet and unlocks access to let's say a private event or a private shopping page um, so that's one thing to think about as, as you think about what collectibles can mean to you um, it's it's unlocking experience or programming so uh, but follow us at tyb um, dot XYz on Instagram get joggy on Instagram and we'd love to have you come build with us.
1: I think that's a really good parallel that the hat analogy for individuals who like liked the hat because it made you exterior, like externally you looked like you were part of something it was like status right it was like I can wear this in public I can wear this to Jack's wife Frida and everyone knows that I love OV. What do you say to that person that's looking for like that type of validation?
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's really important because the wallet is essentially now your form of self-expression. And that that might not feel obvious right now, but that's what we're seeing in the Web3 space. And that's what the TYB wallet will do. It essentially is a place for you to store your digital doing things hat or like the cool souvenirs that you've earned from brands that reflect kind of who you are and the brands you love um, and status within those brands. Um, And so, Similar to like the shoes that you wear now, what you carry in your wallet and you kind of show online will be a form of ID, uh, self-expression and the things that you care about.
1: Appreciate you breaking that down for us. So grateful that we had the time to sit down. Ty Haney, really, really awesome. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast at Emily Abadi, another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.